your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the TV. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. And this tiny microphone stand. Thanks for coming to the official response to the State of the Union. Thanks to the United States for picking me to give the official response to bullshit. You made the right choice by coming here. Uh, Cameron Esposito is not here tonight because she blew out her knee standing in a hotel room in Oklahoma City over the weekend. This is the shit that happens to you when you're a human being. (laughs) She had to ride in an ambulance in Oklahoma City to the hospital alone. And I had to just be back here going, can I get to Oklahoma City in 20 minutes? (laughs) Turns out you cannot take a lift to Oklahoma City. (laughs) So she's not here tonight, but she is feeling a lot better. The knee popped back into place. We're going to go to Long Beach. Yeah, 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 it's fine. (laughs) Knees just do that. They just pop out, pop in, pop out. That's totally fine. Uh, did anybody watch the uh, thingy-majig that happened tonight? Perfect. <laughs> That's the right response. Ugh. It was on for two seconds in my house, and I went, it's sickening! <laughs> I've just turned into my own grandmother. That makes me sick! I'm so mad I could spit. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> what a cheater and a loser. Whatever. He looks like he's reading a post-it note. I just, I don't even know what to say about that. Oh, God. What? Yeah. Yeah, precisely. What else is there to say that has not been said on Twitter every day for the past two years? Absolutely nothing. So my dog tooted today in front of me. (laughs) Which is like one of those things that you're like, man, you know, I wish my dog would fart in front of me. And then you wait for it, and then you're hanging out with your dog, and then you're like, God damn it, you farted. And you just get the, like, you get the presence of it, but you don't get the fun explosion part, you know? And today we were walking together, and I was, like, watching him to see, oh, what are you going to do here? Are we going to need to move on? What am I going to need to Checking in. Helicopter parenting, as you do. And I, like, looked down, and he was sniffing around, and he went, and I was like, holy shit, today's the day. <laughs> I have uh, been a shut-in lately because Cameron got really sick uh, with that crazy flu, and then she busted out her knee, so now we're just, like, hanging out. I'm watching all the TV. Made it to the end of Netflix. Don't know what else to do. The last time I was sick like this and spent it... Well, I wasn't sick. Or I was sick the last time, but I'm not sick this time, which is a weird experience to just be... How Now I understand... I don't understand how people parent. Now I understand that I don't understand how people are parents because all of my days have just been Gatorade, you need Gatorade and crackers, crackers and Gatorade, I'll go get you Gatorade and crackers. Take the dog out, come back, get some Gatorade. Take the dog out, come back, more Gatorade, different flavor Gatorade. The last time I was really sick, I absolutely got H1N1. 
is anyone else an old enough millennial to remember? I know I've been talking about this a lot, but Jesus Christ, I cannot believe I'm a millennial. Neither can you, apparently. Everybody else thinks I'm 12. It's fine. I do dress the part for sure. <laughs> These shoes don't help. But no, I cannot believe I'm a millennial. I called my dad the other day and he was telling me about his dream. <laughs> Whatever. And he was like, yeah, my dad called me on the phone and it was a landline. Landlines were something that we used to have back in the house. And I was like, dad, how old do you think I am? The first phone I used at your house was a candlestick style phone. But anyways, I had, I like straight up had H1N1 before you could just have insurance. And so I had moved back to Chicago like, I dropped out of school, moved back to Chicago, got roommates for the first time, and was living completely alone in this apartment with people that were, like, five or six years younger than me. And I got H1N1, and all I did was watch all of Rescue Me, <laughs> which is another show that only old enough millennials will understand. <laughs> a post-9-11 show about Dennis Leary as a firefighter. <laughs> I watched the whole fucking thing and was woken up every morning at 6 a.m. by my roommate's ghost peasants. Yes, like the bird. They owned them in the house, and they had two males, and you're not supposed to have two males because all they want to do is breed, and two males can't technically breed, and so they just screamed at each other all day long. So that was my H1N1 story. Just hot material up at the top, you know? Just hot, hot, like, knee-popping material. <laughs> oh, I got a sunburn. That's not going to be funny. <laughs> I didn't really get a sunburn. I went and played baseball on a mountain, and I put sunscreen. I almost just fell over, because I'm an old enough millennial to know that you can just fall over when you get old <laughs> I just don't understand why 1982 is the cutoff. I don't get it. I had a television with a dial on it. I don't get it. I know who Perry Mason is. This can't be possible. <laughs> I just think I'm too old. It's not that I don't want to be a millennial. It's like, I feel like I'm too old. And y'all are like, get out. You're too old. <laughs> You're making us too old. Anyway. Okay. So I got a sunburn because I put, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I put sunscreen on my face and then I played baseball for way too long and then I left and my face was on fire and I was like, I forgot, I'm a white person, I'm not even supposed to be here. <laughs> and my face hurt for three days after that and then I really thought like, wow, white people are really not supposed to be here. Like, we are actually allergic to the thing that creates all of life on the planet. We are literally not supposed to be here. <laughs> yes, yes, all white people not supposed to be here. Uh, but I am uh, excited about one thing, and I hesitate to say excited because it's a weird thing to be like, woohoo! Because it like should have been done a long time ago, and it's only really a half measure. But the Cleveland baseball team is getting rid of their yes. Is getting rid of their racist mascot. My shirt says death to mascots on it, which many people have seen and been like, whoa! <laughs> which is very funny to me that somebody would be like, oh, that's pretty. That's pretty aggressive. 
it's a cartoon. I'm just saying, get rid of it. It's a, people are so stressed out about it. But like, so they're getting rid of the logo next year. Not this year. Next year, they're going to stop using it, but they're going to keep selling it. And you can only buy it in Cleveland, in Northeastern Ohio. You can't buy it on the internet, but you can buy it in the gift shop. So people can still keep buying it. It's basically going to be the Confederate flag of sports. Like people are just going to. Yes, it is. Yep, exactly. And they're not changing the name either, which is like, that's, you kind of have to do the whole thing. You know, you kind of have to just go, you know what? We're just changing it. Because you know what? It's a team. It's a sports team. It's not that big of a deal. And human beings are kind of a little bit more important than a stupid baseball team that never wins the World Series anyways. (laughs) Perhaps that might be part of the problem. And people are always like, well, I don't really hear any uh, native people in Ohio complaining about it. Well, that might be the problem, don't you think? Yes. I'm just screaming about things. Yeah. I was just going to read you guys my notes uh, because I thought the notes would be funny. Just like, you know, dog toot, shut in, H1N1, haircut, sunburn, Cleveland mascot. I was going to tell you about my first pitch, but you don't need it. Made it to the end of experiences. And then my closer was going to be three pineapples. (laughs) But I think it's kind of funnier as just a concept. Because all of you are creating a much better bit in your mind about three pineapples than what I was actually ever going to tell you. And like what you're experiencing right now about those three pineapples is probably the best joke that's ever been written in the entire existence of human beings. It was just a woman buying three pineapples that held up the entire grocery store for a half an hour. And that's all she was buying. Three fucking pineapples. Just full pineapples on the, on the conveyor belt, just three pineapples, and was just angry as hell. And I couldn't hear, you know when somebody's like having one of those grocery things and you can hear the whole thing and you're like, I'm on the cashier's side of this one. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, damn the man. Yep, mm-hmm, they work hard, they work hard. She doesn't have to put up with this. This is some bullshit. I'm gonna jump in if I need to. I'm gonna, oh yeah. This thing, it's got some weight to it, this little... This barrier thing, I can whack her over the head with it. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I couldn't tell by the body language they were very they were coming in equally, equally over the three pineapples. I mean, I'm always gonna side with the cashier on this one, but I just could not figure out. It was just three pineapples just rolling back and forth. And then she kept having to pick up a piece of paper and going, I, I know I keep scanning it. I just I keep I, I just it's three pineapples. I don't know. And then the woman with the three pineapples was like walking out of the store just going like, <laughs> She did get her three pineapples though, that's for sure. And we have more than three pineapples on this show. <laughs> I don't know, that was a segue I was working on. <laughs> I've been stuck in the house for 30 days. <laughs> you guys ready to get this show going? I sure am. We have an amazing lineup tonight, as we always do. Please give a warm welcome to friend of the show, one of my favorites, Sean Patton. <laughs> Sean Patton, let him hear it. <laughs> How many people that are here are new to the show? Have not been to the show? With, 
up, applause because I can't see you guys. Thank you. That's cool. Thanks for coming to the show tonight. So you all don't know that I am a sleepwalker. You're going to find out. I've been doing that since I was like four years old. Could you imagine a little four-year-old kid just going like, Because I just like, I don't sleepwalk and do things. You know, some people get up and they like make themselves a sandwich or something like that. I just get up and just stare at people. I'll just like get up and go to the kitchen and go. It's terrifying, and I am partially awake while I'm doing it. So I, it's like I'm a little tiny, a little tiny bean just riding in my own brain, going, "Stop it! No!" I'm trying to get myself, but then my body's like, "No, we're into this. This is really what we need right now. So you're just gonna need to shut up, you tiny dumb bean." I used to describe it as like when I was a kid I would go to arcades my dad would take me there and give me like five dollars in coins and then mm, leave and so I would just <laughs> play video games and I would have to like parse it out and I would play a lot of the uh, oh, damn I can't remember what it's called Sunset Riders I would play a lot of that you know bury me with my money and whatnot anyway and I would then I would run out of coins to play the video game and so I'd just be walking up to arcades and if you're an old millennial like myself you know what an arcade is uh, it's a video game in a physical place that you have to play with your hands. And then I would go up to the machine and a demo would be playing and I'd be like pretending that I was playing the machine. But then for a moment, what I did corresponded with the demo and I would think, am I actually playing this video game? And that's exactly how sleepwalking feels. Because <laughs> you're like, wait, what? Like a whole program's running, but also completely turned off. And then there's an old episode of Columbo going on in the back. <laughs> and then sometimes I don't get up. I just have the sleepwalking in the bed, which other people like to describe as night terrors. And so that's fun as a married person. Because um, there's another human being in the bed and now a dog with me. And he doesn't like it at all. He just toots. And the other night I was sleeping and I woke up to my wife going, why are you yelling at me? And I was like, I'm not yelling at you. But what had happened was, in my dreams I went, oh my God! And Karen went, are you okay? And I was like, why are you yelling at me? And so it's a really great way to, you know, just rest your mind and wake up fully refreshed in the morning, just screaming at your spouse for trying to be nice to you. Because also, I'll sleepwalk and wake up and be standing there, and she's very nice about it, and say, like, hey, sweetheart, come back to bed. You're sleepwalking again. And every time she says, come back to bed, you're sleepwalking again, I say to her, without fail, I know. I don't know. I definitely do not know. I'm just covering my tracks. I'm like that little dog with the brush on his nose and his tail in Alice in Wonderland just going, I'm doing a great job, you know? I'm just doing a great job. Just doing a great job. <laughs> okay, do you want to keep this show going? I sure do. We have amazing comics. And this next comic is one of my favorites. She has a great show at UCB Sunset on Mondays called If You Build It. Give a warm welcome to Kara Clank. Yeah. Rhea Butcher, everybody. 
I just gave her that weird hug because I'm a little bit sick. And so I was like, don't take it. Don't get it. Um, yes, I have a show Mondays. And if you're a fan of Rhea, she's on the show this coming Monday, guys. Come to UCB Sunset. And that's all I'm here for, just to plug my show. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Uh, how are we all doing? New year, new KFC spokesperson. Welcome, Reba. I'm so excited about her. I just saw it as I was getting ready to leave the house for this. I had only seen stills, and I saw her in, in actual action, and it was, whew, they were going to make me wait till Super Bowl. I was really happy. She's incorporating singing into it, which Norm MacDonald, all due respect, never did, you know? Uh, guys, let's just kick it off with the reason all of us are on these stages. My dad, come on. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, my dad is probably at home just like jerking it to the State of the Union right now. He voted for Trump. Um, I mean, I don't want to think about it either, but it was a joke. Um, <laughs> He's a Trump supporter. He uh, has a mustache, and I don't have a problem with mustaches in general, but my dad's mustache... My dad's mustache implies at one point in time my mom was tied to railroad tracks. Do you guys know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's like, a, you kids are going to get it kind of thing. Uh, and then um, what I call the piece de resistance of my dad is... Uh, my dad wore transitions lenses to my wedding, Okay. <laughs> So, dude, just walk me down the aisle in full shades. <laughs> and uh, by cocktail hour, he looked like Munch from SVU. So, if any future brides out there are looking for a way to make it look like there's a pedophile lurking in the back of 900 photos that you paid for, <laughs> make sure your dad has those transitions lined up. <laughs> oh, God, he's a nightmare. Ah. Uh, what else? I, uh, I did get married. I did have a wedding day, as I referenced. Uh, being married is fun. I like being married. For me, being married is like the best way to channel old school sexism for when it benefits you. You know what I mean? Like when they call my house and they go, can I speak to whoever handles the energy bill in your home? I just go, energy? What's energy? Y'all gonna have to call back and talk to my husband. I gotta go. I'm not allowed to use the talkie. And then I just <laughs> bounce the hell out of there, and it's great. I don't like to talk to people on the phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other day, I don't really like to talk to people in any medium except for this. Uh, I have a microphone. Everyone else has to be quiet. That's how I like uh, No, I was talking to people the other day. I was trying to talk to people civilly the other day in the best forum for that, Twitter. Uh <laughs> And I was, I was in this conversation on Twitter. I was in a, a friend of mine's thread, and she has many, many followers. And so people were really jumping on the, band, on, on the in the conversation. We were talking about how uh, it's bullshit that this administration is going to stop letting birth control be covered for women, whereas Viagra is still covered by many insurance companies, and that just seems kind of bullshitty. And um, I was arguing that, and uh, one guy jumped onto the thread and goes, well, Viagra never killed a baby. <laughs> Just like show of hands in here. How many men know how birth control pills work? I see one hand, two hands, three. This is literally the most woke show I've been to because it's been zero hands at the last four shows I've done. 
Just FYI. But in here, it seems like half a dozen. Probably a lot more of you are relying on it, though, I gotta say. Because here's what I think these right-wing dudes think is happening when, like, with birth control, okay? Ladies go out, we slut it up, right? We just get pregnant, 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 pregnant. Like, we fill up with babies. A bell goes off or something. It's like, ding, you're full. So then we take our birth control pill, and it's like, we just shoot out all these dead babies, I guess. And fuck if Viagra never did that to nobody. <laughs> oh, so dumb. Just for everybody, so everybody kind of knows. Like, now, now you can all raise your hand the next time a comic asks you if you know how birth control pills work. What birth control pills do is they convince your body that you're already pregnant. Because you can't get re-pregnant once you're pregnant. It's fucking genius, you guys. It's literally genius science in a pill form. Like, imagine a pill that made you smarter. Imagine a pill that made you feel like you were full so you didn't overeat. Imagine a pill that made you feel like women could have agency over their own bodies. I mean, the possibilities are endless. We could go on and on. Oh, my God, thank you so much for agreeing with me politically. Oh God! And then people are still uh, people are still toe tapping and watch, watch tapping, waiting for the old male birth control pill to hit the market. Whew. We got ladies out there really hanging their hopes on that. And I just, what is the plan with male birth control? Were it to come to market, what's the plan? Is it that a guy's going to take a pill 365 days out of the year at the same time every day? Is that the plan? Is that the plan, you guys? <laughs> I don't think it can be the plan. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Here's a reason why. The other day, I'm lying in bed with my husband, right? And I go, "Hey, honey, did you ever realize that that Batman T-shirt glows in the dark?" And he goes, "Oh, fuck yeah!" <laughs> so, nah. <laughs> I don't think I'll be passing the baton anytime soon. I think I'll stay in charge of whether or not we become parents to a human baby. <laughs> oh my god. But I am like in my I am in my 30s. I am married and and so people are really riding me hard to get pregnant and have a baby and all that shit and I'll do it. Like I don't know why they're so I'm like do you get a cash prize if I do it? Why are you all so invested? Um I'll do it eventually, but I'm like I just have, I'll only have kids under the one condition, like, no nerds. You know what I mean? I just can't, I can't. Like, my kids can read the first book of every trilogy, but really I can't let them, I can't let them drill down. You know what I mean? Because, like, I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian that hangs out with, like, 40-year-old men who will, like, cry when Spider-Man isn't what they wanted it to be. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't, I just can't have a child turn to me and be like, actually, Mom, the Minions would never do that. Uh, it's just not Minion canon. Uh, not part of the Minion lexicon. <laughs> you know, I don't want to kill a kid, and I'll do it, you know? Because boys are so mad when things get remade and it's not what they wanted, right? Or it's not the same as when they were a kid. They get really mad. Like, I watched stuff when I was a kid, too. If they remade a Care Bear movie, I wouldn't be in the back of the theater like, Kristen Bell is Cheer Bear? Fuck you! Like, what am I even doing at the movie without a kid? You know what I mean? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, have kids. I just feel like I'm putting it off because no scientific professional has backed this up. I just feel like I'm fertile. Just have a hunch. 
I just really feel it. Uh, I think it's because I'm I'm one of six kids. Uh, my mom is one of 14 kids. So I know, I know. The gasps are worth it. It's, I mean, they're true. Like, 14 kids, you guys, that's two water polo teams that could play against each other. <laughs> it's insanity. <laughs> like, my mom had six kids, but had twins. So she kind of got the BOGO in there. You know what I mean? Like, she got the extra sandwich punch card or whatever. My grandmother just had 14 base hits, singles. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm so bummed that she passed away before judgmental mom blogs came around. My grandmother would have had the best mom blog, you guys. Her mom blog would have been like, how to make your eight middle children feel special. (laughs) Having a fat day? It's because you've been pregnant for 10 full years of your life. Lost one of your kids at the mall? Cut your losses. You got a baker's dozen back home. Oh, she'd be so proud of me right now. Guys, to my grandma, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your night. I'm Kara Klein. Just doing a quick mic switch, like NASCAR, you know, just switching it out. You want to keep this show going? I sure do. Yeah. Yeah. Our next comic has an awesome podcast. You should check it out. It's called Hopefully We Don't Break Up. Give a warm welcome to Julia Rossi. Thank you. Okay, I have a political theory. This probably isn't funny at all, but I just want to get it off my chest because I was watching the thing with the volume off and I just assumed it was all fart noises, but I uh, was at a bar and I was like, like that's all they're saying. But, um... This is my theory. Current president is a shapeshifter. Do you know what a shapeshifter is? If you don't know what it is, it's an alien that comes to this planet and it takes the form of something else. And this one has taken the form of a pile of diarrhea. And he has been sent here by aliens who are more powerful than us because they're bored and America is their ESPN. And so they have sent him here so that we can become a sport, a divided nation, where it's like, this side versus this side, you know, and I'm just a bench warmer. Like, I just don't want to play at all. I told you it wasn't going to be funny at the end, but I do think it's a very smart theory. The next time you watch him, you'll be like, oh, his tongue does seem weird. Like, that is the first sign that he's... A shapeshifter. Uh, I'll talk about something I actually know something about because politics is not one of them. Uh, my politics are like, just be nice. So I am getting older. I learned that this summer because I used to be somebody who, when I would go to the beach, I would just run into the ocean. I was fearless. Now I've started to do what I call the old lady sea bath, where I sort of creep out to the edge of the water and I just grab scoops of it and I'm like... Oh, that's nice. Oh. Oh, my knees. Oh, ooh, oh. Salty. You know, and I just kind of do that over and over again. Uh, so I'm older now. I, uh, I do think peeing in the ocean is one of the most powerful things you can do as a lady. Um, and even more powerful is the fact that I still do it even though I'm only ankle deep. So that is, like, I don't give a fuck. You know, just... I'm like, oh, it's yellow waves. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm terrified they're going to find out that peeing on the ocean is what causes global warming, uh, specifically my pee. So, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited to get old. Like, I, I look, 
I'm almost 40, and I know it's like shocking. I know, right? Can you believe it? I thank you. You don't have to. I mean, all I did was age, but I. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the applause. It's like it's so funny when you say your age on stage. People applaud. It's like you didn't kill yourself. Uh, I didn't. So I. <laughs> I look so good. Uh, podcast, that's, you can't see me, but look me up. I, uh, it's because my parents are from Italy. So, you know, they say like black don't crack, but for Italians, it's uh, salami, looking good, mommy. You know, like that's, that's an old thing. And it's just because we cover ourselves in olive oil all day long. And I, uh, no, but I'm excited. Like I haven't even hit my peak. Like my dream role, my my purpose in life. I imagine myself being like a 65 year old lady that's always wearing cheetah print swimsuits and a kimono in the middle of winter. You know what I mean? And I just always happen to be watering my lawn whenever the high school football team jogs by. You know, I'm like squat squat. Hello, boys. You know, it's just because it's adorable when women harass, and uh, that's totally fine apparently but I uh I find this part of me coming out this like sassy older woman uh I, if anyone here is a lady who is over the age of 35 I don't know if you experience this but whenever anyone under the age of 25 usually men sometimes women looks me in the eye I get very like nervous <laughs> horny and I <laughs> just like so <laughs> and I uh I was getting ice cream a few months ago and the guy behind the counter he's like 22 and he looks me in the eye and he's like what can I get you ma'am and I was like oh two scoops you want a cherry on top and he was like why why are you talking like that uh get off the counter let go of my apron um so no ice cream for me I uh I don't know I uh, it's funny because with women people will say things to you when you're getting older like age ain't nothing but number and I'm like oh that affects your fertility like there is science no matter how much you snap and uh like Kara a lot of people do put pressure on me to have a baby as well um they put pressure on my boyfriend and I because my boyfriend is black um because I'm an activist thank you so much and I um uh people are obsessed with biracial children they're like they're the most beautiful and it's like yeah, like, I think all babies are beautiful. I think that's weird to fetishize a baby in a weird way. Like, I think it would be cool if our baby ended up having, you know, my boyfriend's big black curly hair and, you know, my relationship with the police. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> be an awesome child. But uh, I do think I'd be a better mom than most parents on television because I'll tell you this. I Every single fucking show that has a teenager on it every show has a scene it's usually like very white parents where the teen comes home with someone of the opposite sex and they're like hey mom hey dad this is charlie we're going to my room to study and the mom's like okay what like what who here was allowed to do that and who were you raised by like that is that would never fucking happen in my it should not happen in anyone's family again i don't know if it's because i was raised by immigrants but first of all my mom needs like months notice if anyone's coming over she needs to quarantine the whole fucking house in plastic before anybody steps inside number two upstairs in my bedroom with my dirty shoes on are you crazy my father would have come and taken off our shoes beat us with them and like because he's a good father and he paid for college with a bag of cash so he can beat me anytime he wants to and 
And then like there's always a scene where like they have the guy over and they're like studying in their room and they have the door closed and the mom like timidly knocks on it and is like, oh, sorry to disturb you. And I'm like, that is some white people shit. Like that is, that would never, we didn't even have doors in my house. Like my dad took all the doors off the hinges and I was like, I want privacy. And he's like, you get privacy when you get a job. You know, like that was how I was raised. Thank you one ethnic person in the audience for the half clap. Everyone else is like, but what's the problem? I, uh, it is a problem. I, uh, I don't know. I actually, to be quite honest, like about five years ago, I lived in a place without a door. I was living in a kitchen pantry and, uh, it wasn't uh, given to me. Like I was living in New York and, uh, I was told it was a room, but like, I know a kitchen pantry when I see one. And the first clue was it was in the kitchen. And the second clue was the cans. Um, it's a very tiny room. It was a curtain. I paid a lot of money for it. And I made the mistake of having... I was single at the time, and I had a, a gentleman over, and he was, like, 10 years older than me. He, like, owned a house. And uh, I felt very embarrassed having him over, but he was also really into magic, so I felt like it kind of balanced itself out, you know? We were both in bad places. And we... It was one of those dates where, like, I hated him, but, like, I fucked him because I was like, maybe this will be fun. And it wasn't. But he... He had a good time. Like, I was, like, leaned over, you know, on Instagram, and he was uh, just, I was just scrolling, and he was back there. He was very tall and lanky, and he was just sort of, like, flopping his body around, having a good time, like one of those inflatable things at the car wash, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, wipe and wash. And, uh, and then he left, and then uh, I never heard from him again. He, he didn't text me, and so I, I guess he was a good magician because he, uh, he disappeared. So, uh... Fuck. Again, the half claps. I'm going to get off stage, but I just want to say if anyone here is thinking about becoming a comedian, all you want in life is a half clap. You don't want an applause break because, like, you don't want to get your ego too high. So thank you so much. It, I, it doesn't mean anything anymore, but thank you. Good night. Julia Rossi, let her hear it. Y'all in those half claps. So Cameron, my wife, who usually hosts the show with me, always does crowd work, so I don't ever do it. Um, so I'm challenging myself in this new year to give it a shot. I'm really bad at it, because I don't ever do it. And it's one of those things that you just like get better at it if you do it. So I don't do it. Because that's what I like to do. When I was in high school, I played freshman basketball. And I got benched because of my attitude, and I was one of the best players on the team, so I quit. That's how you fix one of those situations. <laughs> that coach was absolutely wrong about my attitude, and I showed him by saying, fuck you, I quit. <laughs> so to crowd work, I say, fuck you, I quit, but I'm giving it a shot tonight. How are you all doing tonight? Good? Yes? Uh, what did you do today? Anything fun? Wait, what? Pole, pole, class. pole class. Like like exercising on a pole. Uh, pole dancing. Pole dancing, yes. Well, I mean, I was just saying exercising because I didn't want to... See, I'm not good at this. I haven't done it a lot. Look, the reason I said exercising is because one time I tried to do crowd work in the audience and there was a woman with her arm in a cast and I was like, hey, how are you doing? And she was like, I'm doing all right. I was like, oh, what'd you do? Break your arm? And she was like, Yeah. <laughs> And then instead of me going, well, I'm smart. I'm going to keep going. I said, how? <laughs> and she was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> 
So pole class sounds fun. <laughs> Is that a thing you've been doing for a while, or did you just start doing it, or what? Um, on and off for mm. like a year, but just kind of really on and off. <laughs> really on and off the pole. Got it. <laughs> That's cool. Awesome. Give it up for pole dancing. <laughs> Uh, what did you do today? Anything fun? Weird? Silly? Um, awesome. What video game did you play? Overwatch. I don't know what that is. Because I'm an old millennial. The last video game I played was... Uh, man, I can't even think of anything. Excite Bike was the reference I was going to make, but it took me too long to get to it. Anyway, I had to pull over and overheat for a second. That's a really great Excite Bike reference. <laughs> Have you ever played Excite Bike? No, not at all. It's it's for old people that don't know what anything new is. I I did try to play video games. I bought a video game system. And this is how with it I am. I call it a video game system. And I got it because it's the only one that has a baseball game. And so I bought a second game. I was like, I'll give Wolfenstein a try. I played that on a PC before. And I tried to play the new version. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I felt like a grandmother. And I was literally the gun was going like this, just all over. So anyway, you played Overwatch today. Is that like your favorite game? Cool. What do you like about it? Um, I, I play with my friends online. Mm, and they're nice? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. It's, it, give it up for nice friends. <laughs> See how good I am? Do you want to talk to me? Anybody over here? Do you want to talk to me? <laughs> Her face was like, no. Dear God, of all the things I don't want to do, this is number one. Absolutely at the top. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How was your day? I was fine. Cool. I, I'm a university student, so Ooh. Was, yeah. Yeah. I, Chill. Did you play a little it. hacky sack? No. <laughs> Frisbee? <laughs> You're an opera student. Yeah. Holy shit. That's very cool. Do you try on different hats with Viking kind of things? And, <laughs> Every day, different hats? It's a, class, actually. <laughs> it's a hat class. Yeah. I've taken a hat class before. See, I'm wearing one right now. This isn't an opera-style hat, but you, you get the thing. Um, that's very cool. I, this is silly. I didn't know that there was such a thing as opera school. I mean, that's dumb of me. I'm, I'm the dumb one. <laughs> what year are you in opera school? I'm a senior at Pepperdine University. Holy shit! So you're like opera and shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, what's... Okay, so what's your favorite opera class? What's your favorite opera class? Yeah, like, class that's specific to opera. Um. You guys are laughing like this is a dumb question. You would ask the same goddamn... What would you ask? What's your favorite operetta? I don't think so. You want to know what their favorite freaking opera class is. I already asked about hat class. <laughs> Uh huh. Like for the Ooh. She's also I'm also an opera student at Oh my god! Are y'all opera students? At, you're all in opera? Oh my god! It's an opera school quartet. That's a different hat. 
<laughs> That's very cool. I uh, don't know how to end this, but thank you for telling me that you're going to school for opera, and thanks for pointing at your friend to make me talk to them, and she clearly didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> Give it up for everybody that I awkwardly talked to. I should definitely have like some sort of crowd work-based television show, don't you think? <laughs> Just screaming at people about hats. What kind of hat do you like? <laughs> we'll be back after this about more hats. <laughs> All right, we have two comics left. Are you excited? Great. Next comic, another friend of the show. Give a warm welcome to El Eddie Delisepi. <laughs> Hello, how is everybody? Good to be here. Uh, a little about myself. Not a, not a big drinker. I have friends that are alcoholics, or heavy drinkers. You can tell your friends a heavy drinker by the way they react to things you don't do hammered. I went on a date, and I said I didn't have a drink, neither did she. He goes, whoa, you went on a date? You didn't have a drink? That's weird. I go, at the end of the day, we made out, and we were both sober. He goes, whoa, are you telling me you made out with a stranger and you weren't hammered? What are you, a sociopath? Who the hell does that? I go, I'm not a sociopath. You know who's a sociopath? The guy at your gym who's running on the treadmill without headphones. That guy's a sociopath. You're sprinting with just your mind. Are you crazy? I can't run and think. I'll cry. <laughs> Speaking of things that make me cry, I have little legs. I, uh... <laughs> Don't have very long legs. I didn't know that about myself until I learned the hard way from a stranger. I had these jeans. Did you get hemmed? This new dry cleaner's opened up across the street from my apartment. Put these jeans out on the table. Got behind the counter, the tail there. Kind of this really curmudgeon, stoic kind of guy. I go, hey man, and you get these hemmed. He's like, oh yeah? How long do you need? I go, my inseam is like 28 inches. And I swear to God, he goes, oh yeah? And over the counter, I just reach over and point to my legs. He goes, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to roast the customers off the top. Man, I've never met a bully that also owns a sewing machine. You know what I mean? I went home recently to visit my family. Does anyone here have a family? Anybody have a family here? Just picture one 18th century orphan. Oh, no. <laughs> I went to the wrong show. A uh, little bit of my family. My family... A little bit about my family. It's, they're a little shitty. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, two brothers. Both still live at home. Both in their 30s. Both unemployed. You know your family's got a low bar of success when you're a stand-up comedian and you're not the black sheep? You know what I mean? <laughs> my mom's like, he tells jokes and he has two roommates. We're so proud. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I like to consider myself a little uh, snappy little dresser. And uh, the reason why is my father... Not bad. I mean, this is my dad. My dad moved to North America when he was uh, 30 from, from Italy. Uh, had me in his 50s. I had an old immigrant dad growing up. Old immigrant dads don't really care how they dress. My dad did not care at all. One time, he took me to a parent-teacher meeting wearing a fisherman's cap, a turtleneck, cargo shorts, dress socks, dress shoes. <laughs> and before he went in, he looked at me and went, don't embarrass me. Is that possible? My dad looked like there was a hurricane, lost everything, and those are the clothes the Red Cross gave him, you know? <laughs> Just FEMA chic. <laughs> a 
little bit more about uh, my family. I have a brother. Uh, this is true. Not really that funny of a story, but I'll try. My brother, my middle brother, got arrested for, for selling MDMA to a cop. <laughs> Sucks, right? I told a friend this, and uh, you, ever, uh, you ever open up to a friend and their follow-up question is so dumb, you ask yourself, why are you my friend? <laughs> I should have opened up to you. I go, dude, uh, Dave got caught selling MDMA to a cop. This was his follow-up question. He goes, whoa, are you serious? I go, yeah. Let me ask you a question, man. Was the cop undercover? <laughs> yeah. How dumb of an entrepreneur do you think my brother is as a drug dealer? Just walks up to a cop in full uniform like, hey man, do you like to party or? You know, what about your horse? <laughs> I've uh, I, uh, been living in Los Angeles for about four years now. And I just hit a, re a really big milestone. I just got my first car accident. Woo! I know, it's, it's just a fender bender, and this is what happened. I can't make this up. I was sitting in traffic, and a car hit a car, and that car hit me. Sucks, right? I get out of the car. The car that hit me, the person came out, was this beautiful, long-haired, blue-eyed Israeli man. And the person <laughs> that hit him was this stunningly gorgeous Latin American woman. And all I can think is like, wow, this is the only way I can get either of their phone numbers. <laughs> I'm okay looking, but I'm not hot enough to be in this accident, you know? Because <laughs> the cop shows up like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I know, it's my legs. I really think about taking them to the court just so I can see them again, you know? Just like, ooh, what do I wear? <laughs> I was born in 1981. Apparently, uh, I'm not that old of a guy. I'm 36. I'm the last millennial, which sounds like an amazing movie. <laughs> Just some guy walking around with baggy pants and iPod shuffle. Help me! Does anyone have a cord for this? Everyone's discouraged about aging, you know? I think it's a great thing. I think it'd be amazing and blessed to be 80 years old one day. Here's why. Someone who's 80 doesn't care anymore. They say whatever's on their mind, you know? The filter's gone. Listen to old people, you can learn from them. For instance, I was in this restaurant, huge line of people. It's like brunch time, we're all checking our watches, taking too long. As we in line, this old man, like a really old man, shuffles by line, gadgets, gra grabs our attention, goes, hey kids! And this whole line of people, like maybe six, seven people looks over and he goes, don't eat here, the food's shit. And my friend looks at me and goes, man, that guy's clearly crazy. I'm like, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that's what old people do instead of Yelp. I really do think that. <laughs> old people don't write reviews. They publicly shame a business. You guys are great. Enjoy the rest of your night, everybody. We're just all afraid of dying. <laughs> That's what all comedians are like. I'm aging, I'm dying, I'm aging. I think it's funny. All right, well, we have one comic left. <laughs> Man, this has been a great night for me, I would say. <laughs> the three people half clapping. Yeah, great job. My mom is here. 
She's clapping for me. Anyway, I've had a great, a wonderful time. I learned about opera, pole dancing, Overwatch is a video game that nice people play. I didn't know that nice people played video games. I learned that whole new thing. Yeah. Now that I've brought it to a complete stop, we have one final comic. Are you excited? Yes, that's the energy I want to hear. Wait, one more time, because we have one final comic, and this show's been so amazing so far, and this is the final comic of the night. Are you excited for this final comic? He's going to make you laugh so hard. Give it up for Neil Nanda. One more time for Rhea Butcher. Yes, I'm excited to be here. I, uh, I do live here in Los Angeles, so I'm dating in Los Angeles, which is fun. Uh, but I don't know if I'm dating girls or if I'm just feeding girls. I have no idea. I, uh, I've been going on a lot of feedings lately. Uh, like, I've been feeding this girl for about 10 months, and... Uh, turn into a committed feeding I uh, <laughs> I don't know I, uh, I actually am in a relationship now I'm in an interracial feeding I uh, <laughs> I, li- I like being in a relationship because uh, I don't have to be on dating apps anymore my favorite dating apps were Lyft and Uber it's a big fan I don't know I, I don't know if you guys use Lyft or Uber but if you don't know what it is it's when a dude who's in a band uh, or <laughs> or a guy who used to be a surgeon in his country uh <laughs> drives you somewhere for very cheap. You guys haven't been in an Uber? All right. (laughs) And uh, I used to use it as a dating app because it allowed me this opportunity where I could finally afford to send a girl a car, which 10 years ago was a P. Diddy only move. It was a Diddy exclusive. But it was very smooth. I'm sure when Diddy did it, he was probably like, hey, girl, send me your address. I'm going to send you a Bentley. You're going to get inside, go all the way up to the Upper West Side, to my penthouse, where we can see the city, because you with Diddy. It was a Diddy move. It was very cool. But now I can do it as Neil Nanda. I can be like, hey, girl, send me those cross streets. I'm going to send you an O2 Honda Accord. It's going to have a pink mustache. You can't miss it. You're going to get inside. The driver's name is Patokto. He used to be a surgeon in Mongolia. But now he's on an improv team. You're going to drive past Skid Row to my studio apartment. Where you're going to regret being there. Wish you were back in that Honda. Because you with Neil Nanda. It's a very... <laughs> Neil Nanda. Oh, thank you. Appreciate the sad claps. Uh, I like being here. I like being in Los Angeles. I grew up in Georgia because my parents both loved racism. And <laughs> I enjoy, I like growing up in Georgia. I just had a lot of people were, would call me names and stuff. I got called like dot head or towel head. That didn't bother me because I dried my hair. I was like, that's fine. Towel head's cool. <laughs> I also got like camel jockey. That just sounds like a cool job. That sounds... <laughs> Sounds like you race camels. It sounds fun. Uh, then the black kids would call me sand N-word. 
Yeah, which is weird because it's a slur for me that I can't say. Stop <laughs> 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 uh, fair. Stop fair. <laughs> and it's like, yo, man, you just added sand to your slur. I don't. Just sounds like you went to the beach. It doesn't sound like my slur. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but the worst one I got called, this one is the only one that bothered me. When I was a kid, somebody called me a curry muncher. And I'll tell you why that bothers me. It's because curry's a sauce. You, you can't even munch on it. It's not even possible. It's an impossible slur. <laughs> it's like if for some reason you hated Italians and you're like, oh, you're from Italy? Pizza slurper! Same thing. Can't do it. And people always ask me, they always say, hey man, if you, you grew up in the South, every time you go back, do you still see racist, homophobes, transphobes? Do you still see these people? And the truth is, yes, I do. Uh, and I still have to call them mom and dad. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, uh, no, I, found out, I found out my mom was racist when I was 13. She was a different kind of racist. I, uh, I, I was 13 and I tried to get the Adidas breakaway pants. You guys remember? You guys remember those? Yeah, the ones you throw off. I wasn't even on a basketball team. I just wanted to in my room. I'm Kobe. And uh, I tried to get the pants, so I went to Macy's with my mom, and I, I, we got up to the register, then my mom saw the tag, and the tag said, made in Pakistan. And my mom's from India, and I had no idea, but India apparently has beef with Pakistan, which is crazy, because my mom's Hindu, and Hindus don't do beef. So... This, this was some serious beef. And I was so upset, I couldn't get the pants. But then three months later, for my 14th birthday, we got a package in the mail. And I knew the package was from India because it smelled. And I, <laughs> if you've ever gotten a package from India, it smells. Like, I don't, you guys are owing, but you never had a package from India. <laughs> it's awful. So I opened the package and I reached in and I felt the material. And I was like, oh my God, is it the pants? I pulled it out. My mom got me the pants, custom made, in India. Yeah, with my name embroidered on them. Yeah, and that's adorable. That is the sweetest thing that anybody has ever done derived from pure racism. <laughs> pure war-torn racism. And I still have the pants. I went home recently, I saw the pants. The tag doesn't even say made in India. It just says not made in Pakistan. So, <laughs> I don't know. I like growing up in Georgia. I just, I didn't like having immigrant parents because uh, they, di they were strict. They were very difficult. Like, whenever I get a report card, for example, my dad always had an expression. He would always say, Need, B is for bad, and C is for you cannot live here anymore. You have to go. <laughs> D, deported. We're going back. <laughs> F, find a new family. You're not my son. <laughs> I didn't get F, so I'm not. Still, he's still my dad to whoever awed. Uh, <laughs> oh, still my father. Uh, I, um, I don't know. It, it was difficult. I didn't get to do a lot of cool things. Like, I wanted to get a skateboard when I was 13. I'll never forget. I asked my dad for a skateboard for my 13th birthday. I'll never forget what he tried to do. He tried to make me a deal. He was like, okay, you want a skateboard? You want a skateboard? Okay, how about this, okay? How about... You get straight A's for the rest of your life, okay? Okay? 
and then you don't get a skateboard, okay? <laughs> it's a good deal, you don't have a choice, it's a good deal. <laughs> I had a different childhood. Like, like I was hanging out with one of my white friends recently, not to brag, and uh, we, were, <laughs> we were getting lunch at a cash-only restaurant, and I didn't have any cash on me, and my white friend goes, you know what my dad told me when I was 14? He said a real man always carries $40 cash on him at all times. I was like, you know what my dad told me about cash when I was 14? No, that was it. It was a whole, <laughs> whole conversation. <laughs> my dad would take my cash from me, even my birthday money. I would get birthday money. My dad would take it from me. One year I asked for the money back. I said, hey dad, can I have that money back? I want to save up for a PlayStation. My dad looked at me and he goes, okay. You want a PlayStation? <laughs> You want a PlayStation? Okay, how about this, okay? How about you go to your room and that is your PlayStation? <laughs> Such a big PlayStation. <laughs> you guys are fun. I, um, I'll leave you guys with this. I met one of my favorite people I've ever met in my entire life recently. I met a dude after a show named Pajamas. Yes, that was his name. His name was Pajamas. I'll never forget Pajamas, because the first thing I asked him, I said, hey man, how do you spell Pajamas? So like P-A-D-G-E-P-A-A-D-J, how do you spell Pajamas? And he goes, nah man, it's P-A-J-A-M-A-S. <laughs> I was like, dude, your name is Pajamas. That's not, it's not Pajamas. <laughs> do you know what, Pajamas? Whatever helps you sleep at night. That's cool with me. Thank you guys so much. I'm Neil Nada. Neil Nada, let him hear it. And keep it going for everybody that you saw on the show tonight. It was a wonderful show. Thank you all for coming out. We'll be here next week. Have a good one. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> uh, 
Jesus. I mean, Jazos, <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.